Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. I was uh, talking to Josh a bit here about last episode. I felt like we, we got on the, the highway, <laughs> and I felt like we were like enjoying the ride. We were in the right-hand lane. We were in the slow lane. We were going like 45 miles an yes. hour. We were admiring the scenery. Right. And then we realized, oh, man. We, we have a lot of verses to cover. Yeah. So we like we swerved over to the HOV lane. You got in the driver's yes. seat because yeah, you're yeah. a way more reckless driver than right. I am. And man, we flew down the road. So I'm sorry that you were kind of like gripping uh, the steering wheel or the front of your seat or whatever yesterday, but we got the job done and we want to do the same thing today. We're in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 24. So would you look at the... Uh, your own copy of scripture, and let's uh, let's dive in. First John two and verse twenty four, the Bible says, "Let that therefore abide in you." So we're talking about our our relationship with God through Christ, uh, the right kind of theology, believing what the Bible says about Jesus. Well, the Bible says, "Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning." And it's interesting, Josh, how often John comes back to beginning, yeah. beginning. So the beginning of the gospel, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1. Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, in the beginning was the word. Yeah. So yep. we can go back to the eternal beginning. Right. But the Bible says that which you have heard from the beginning, if that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. So that which is from the beginning, what's he talking about? Yeah, I think he's talking about some of what you just mentioned, you know, the beginning of of Christ's um, uh, ministry. Uh, that which is from the beginning being um, the the beginning of, of their teaching and their experience with Christ, the beginning of their understanding of the gospel, um, and, and really just all of what they've been taught up until this point about, about God right. and about Jesus. So— what what is true about your relationship with God as far as as what what necessitates it as a relationship or 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 qualifies it as a relationship is that which is true from the beginning so what is true from the beginning the fact that you saw yourself for mm-hmm. who you were God showed you your sinful condition the gospel shined its light and that light showed you in all of your dirtiness and sinfulness but the gospel itself had all of the inherent attraction and godliness and righteousness of Christ. And as we, by faith, received him, then we were saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were changed. We were given the unction, the, the Holy Spirit of God. So if that which is from the beginning remains in you, it abides in you, if it's real, it is living in you, uh, then that's the key. You're you're no more saved today right. in the sense of having a relationship with God than you were at the beginning. So much of Christian revival, uh, a Christian renewal, is a matter of coming back to these core 
doctrines. Mm-hmm. That's why the gospel is not just my starting point in my Christian life. The gospel is is my Christian life. It's a constant reminder and awareness of insufficiency in self, the sufficiency of Christ, the need to allow him to do for me what I could not do for myself. As we have begun in the spirit, we're not made perfect by the flesh. No, we live in the spirit. So John comes back to this 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 nascent moment in our life of Christ's in Christ's spirit indwelling in the salvation that's ours. Yeah, yeah. And that's for all of us that have accepted Christ, that is really the the watershed moment of our life. It's the most important moment of our life. And when we can abide in that, when we can live in that, when we can remember that and allow that to define the rest of our lives, um, really then we can receive receive God's blessing. Look at verse number 25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Now, last episode, I threw out a definition quickly about eternal life because I think sometimes we, we view eternal life uh, as the same as everlasting life. Mm-hmm. Everlasting life is a, is a quantity of life. Yeah. It's a length of life. But eternal life is a far deeper term. The word eternal life refers to a quality of life that is ours not as a future possession, but is ours as a present reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, when we live in light of the fact that we possess eternal life and everlasting life, the quantity and the, qual- and the quality, um, it really, it produces joy. It produces a peace that is, that's why the Bible says that, that you know, Christians possess the peace that passes understanding, um, because it produces all of this in our life that uh, an unsaved person is just not going to experience. The beginning is the beginning of your relationship with God. And there's no ending. John never refers to, okay, the ending, because there is no ending. So I think sometimes believers get this false concept that, okay, the beginning is when I step on the shore of heaven. You know, then begins my life with God. That is not what the Bible teaches. No, the beginning is that moment of receiving Christ that's the beginning of eternal life. You have no less eternal life now in your present experience than you will have a thousand years, a million years, a billion years from now. It's the quality of your relationship with God that will never end. Look at verse for verse number 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. It's interesting, the interplay. All throughout this chapter, uh, Josh, we've been in this chapter for quite a while, mm-hmm. but it, it it's almost like this ping pong ball back and forth. We go to relationship with yeah. God and relationship with Christ and loving others and the will of God. That's the one side of the ping pong uh, table. But then we ping pong over to the other side and say, but wait a minute, here's the world. Yeah. It's pulling against you. Here are false teachers. They went out from us. Here is Antichrist. Here are all the other than Christ's. And here are those that seduce you. It's, it's almost like the whole chapter is relational because you show me the prioritized relationships in your life and I will show you your life. And so pulling against the relationship 
of my walk with God are these other competing relationships. And is it not interesting that when Jesus qualified discipleship to his followers, he always did it relationally. Mm. So if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's a relationship with myself. Right. You know, uh, let him, uh, he hate not father and mother and wife and brothers and sisters and children, his own life. In other words, when we prioritize other relationships, it's not to say that we hate in the modern day word hate. I think you understand the distinction there. But the point is that my relationship with God through Christ ought to be the the relationship that takes precedence in my life. Yeah. And so much of the theme of this passage has been about love and light. And we talked about that many episodes ago, but, you know, loving, loving Jesus, walking in love, walking in love towards Jesus produces love for my fellow man, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, for the world so that I can give them the gospel. We talked about that several episodes ago as well, walking in the light. In other words, as I, as I walk in the light and I have a right standing before Christ and I'm serving him, then all of these other things are going to work out. Mm. And so coming back to the verse that you just read, John tells him, you know, I'm writing these things concerning uh, to, to you concerning them that, that, that seduce you. So there are going to be people that are anti-Christ, as we talked about in uh, an episode or two ago. And I'm, I'm writing these things to you so that, that I can give you warning, so that you can understand how you can walk in love and how you can walk in light and how you can resist the temptations of even these new teachings that are going to come your way. Think about the word seduce. So if something is seductive, it is something that has an immediate appeal. Like, wow, he's speaking really nice words to me. Mm -hmm. Wow, her perfume smells really, really good. Matter of fact, there's probably a perfume out there called seduce or seductive. Um, But that's the way the devil works. You know, he always advertises what's beautiful up front and hides what's ugly behind it. You know, what's in the jar. So temptation is a beauty queen, but all of her children are ugly. So you don't want to, you don't want to have that relationship with temptation. And we've seen that with the world from the standpoint of lust and pride. But we've also seen that in religious circles from the standpoint of theology and creating an other than Christ, speaking the name Jesus, talking about the things of God, but theologically baiting and switching. So we, we've talked about both sides of it. That's very seductive because it has the appearance of something that satisfies, but it doesn't. It has the appearance of something that is biblical, but it isn't. So don't let anybody seduce you. So, wow, boy, if, if I'm just this believer in this world that's being attacked by the world and its mm-hmm. system and and even within my local church there are seducers and and what 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 is my hope right right well the bible tells us what our hope is look at verse number 27 but the anointing remember we talked about this that the unction from the holy one the anointing the holy spirit the indwelling holy spirit in your life but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you So yes, there's a world of hurt on the outside. 
Yes, there are enemies knocking on your door, trying to batter down the gates of your life, trying to sneak in the cracks and crevices of the windows. But, you know, you've got a stronger man on the inside. You have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Again, this is not teaching that we shouldn't have teachers or shouldn't go to a Bible class or shouldn't read a book. What this is teaching is that ultimately truth is validated by one in our life. The Holy Spirit is the communicator of, uh, the interpreter of, and ultimately the the installer of truth in our life. I love the encouragement in verse 27 because it says, the anointing that you've received of him, which you're just talking about, abideth in you. Then at the end of the verse, it says, ye shall abide in him. Mm. And so there is responsibility on my part. That word abiding, you know, I, I don't know about all of you, and I'm not sure about you, Pastor, but, you know, when I think of that word abiding, um, sometimes I just think it's kind of a passive it's kind of a passive thing. You know, we're just like sitting in a in an inner tube going around a lazy river. You know, I'm just abiding and enjoying my ride. But abiding is not just a passive thing. It's it's me taking action. It's me doing something. So um, I was trying to think through like what, what might be a good example or illustration of this. And I thought, you know, I've been whitewater rafting a handful of times. And when you go whitewater rafting, if you go through any class three, class four rapids, you've always got a guide that's taking you through that. And that guide is he's a a professional. He knows what he's doing. um, And and I'm helping like I'm paddling and he's telling me where to go. He's telling me where to paddle. I'm abiding in that raft, but I'm certainly not the one that's making that journey successful. Mm. I'm the one that is helping along the way and I'm doing a little bit of work and I'm, you know, helping to get to, to, to get that boat through that raft. But there's another more important person in the back that's really guiding that. See, this is not a good illustration, Josh, Uh. (laughs) because I have been whitewater rafting and I have fallen out of the boat, (laughs) which I guess means I've lost my salvation. (laughs) Right, right. I've fallen out too. So, but when I fell out, I was the guide. So, (laughs) wow. There's your thought. You know, that's a great illustration one that I think of on the on the flip side, yeah. because you said it's not just the permanent abiding of Christ by his spirit yes. in my life, yeah, yeah. but it's also my abiding in him. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be like this. When, when, when you trusted Christ as your savior, you know, God came into your life to, to live. And matter of fact, Paul even praised that in his prayer for the Ephesians. He said that Christ may dwell in your yeah. heart by faith. Yeah. He wasn't praying that they would receive Christ. They already had. Sure. But he's saying, I, I'm praying that in a very real and, and de- de- demonstrable way that, that Christ would be uh, at home in, would abide in. So, Josh, if I were to come to your house, mm-hmm. am I abiding in your house? Sure. I, yeah. I, I'm living in your house. But am I living in your house Right. if I don't have access to every room? Because yeah, I'm sure yeah. that if I went to your house, Danielle would be like, please don't yeah. let Pastor go into that bathroom. It's not clean <laughs> yeah. yet. He yeah, has yeah. to use this one. Don't go in that cabinet. I'll get it for yes. you. Right? Yeah. Yep. That's yep. what we all do. Yeah. But when we truly let someone abide in our home, they have access to everything. Yeah. You know, your kids go wherever they want to go. Okay. When, 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 well, maybe not, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, in, in my home, I go wherever I want to go because mm-hmm. I own the home. Yep. So if we're truly to allow Christ to dwell in our hearts by faith, 
we ought to allow him to have access to all yeah. of our life, our thoughts, our, our, our intents, our resources. Whatever we have belongs to him. So th- there's, a, there's a great illustration here for abiding. And then the last thought, because, again, we're, we're out of time, verse number 29, verse 28 and 29, and now, little children, abide in him, that, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he's righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is, is born of him. So the, the last incentive, at least in this chapter that, that John gives us is, hey, live your life with Jesus for Jesus, in Jesus, and in him and you in such a way that if he were to show up today, you wouldn't really have to change direction. Yeah. If he were to show up today, you wouldn't really have to quickly change priorities. Mm-hmm. It would just be a natural next step in the same direction. But I'm afraid, Josh, that it's possible for believers to have Christ as a resident in their life, but not as the president yeah. of their life. Yeah. You know, he has a place, but not the place. Yeah. He has a seat, but not the seat. And John said, hey, abide in him. Live in such a way and allow him to live in your life in such a way that when he comes back, you'll have confidence and not be ashamed. Yeah. And Last ha- thought, Josh. And, and how can we have that confidence? We can have that confidence by abiding in him, by being a student of the word of God by walking in the walking in love and walking in the light. And I think that's really all of what what that sums up first John 2. Walk in the love, walk in light, serve God, love him with your life, abide in him, let him have control, let him be in the driver's seat, so to speak. So I'm really excited about chapter 3 because in chapter 3 we're going to come back to Christ coming and his appearing and our seeing him. And really, what should that one notion, the soon coming of Christ, produce practically in my life today? But you'll have to wait for that because we're out of time today. Have a great day in the Lord. We'll look forward to next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.